Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we learned Parasha Ekev, and Ekev means because of. And it starts saying, and it is it, it will be because of you listening to their ordinances. Rashi expounds upon the on the another interpretation of this word Ekev, and he comes to tell us that it also alludes to heal. And it says that when Mashiach, the times of Mashiach, the ones that we're right now, we will be trampling with our heels. And also it alludes to the, to, the, to the meaning that the most important part of a human being is his deeds. And his deeds are in his heels. Because this is what makes you go and do whatever you have to do. Like the lowest part of the body that you would think it's the lowest part, it's le- the less important, it's really the most important because uh, this is the one that makes you do what you have to do and the heel it's also the the strongest bone in the body but if it breaks you cannot stand up you cannot even put your feet in the ground you you can't walk you'll fall and uh so the, the what it's telling us here is that it's alluding to the type of mitzvot she'adam dosh be'akavah that a person step on his heels. And this refers to those mitzvot which one does not take uh, seriously. So we think really that there's very big mitzvahs and there's little mitzvahs. And we think the most important ones are the ones that we should be concerned of. Uh, for example, giving tzedakah, eating kosher, uh, keeping Shabbos, this is big mitzvahs. But there's little mitzvahs like be careful with what you say. Don't don't make someone suffer because of your words. Or, um, or for example, if, do you think God cares if I light a switch on on Shabbat or I don't light a sh- switch? I, I touch a switch on Shabbat. This is minor. Or I'm gonna buy ketchup. What does ketchup have? It, it's 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 tomato and and juice. Like who cares if it has an OU? What does it make it kosher? Like if I don't, if I don't, it's, it's ketchup. So what it's telling us here is that we have to take seriously the little mitzvahs as much as we take the big mitzvahs. And I remember once Rabbi Aaron Moss from Australia, someone wrote to him an email and he was saying that he was very upset because he had written an email to him and he had an answer back. So Rabbi Moss, uh, answered him back and he says you know what I did answer you back but the problem was that I forgot to put the dot in between the the email address and the dot com I forgot to put the dot and that little dot I didn't realize it made the whole difference and and it didn't get through so the question was what is more important why are little mitzvahs important why do, does God care about little mitzvahs are they really important for Hashem. So Rabbi Aramaz answered him, like you see, like that little dot in the in the email address that you would think it's insignificant. In reality, that's the one that allows the email to get to the other person or not. We would think it's it's irrelevant, like a little dot. But you see that that little dot is the one that allows that email to go to the person you're sending it to. So the same way, the little mitzvahs, even though they would seem insignificant, they are very, very important because without them, we don't get the message to Hashem. And in reality, 
mitzvahs for Hashem, they're all important. In His realm, there's no such thing as a little mitzvah or a big mitzvah. For Him, they're all important. They're, it's so important for him that a person looks for the OU in the ketchup as it is to honor their parents or not to kill, for example. For Hashem, in his realm, they're all as important. So, <clears throat> so here it says here that the Torah is teaching us that if we respect even the mitzvahs, which, are, that which one might disregard, we may be certain that Hashem will reward us. What is the meaning of receiving sehar regard for such a light mitzvot? And after all, a mitzvah is a mitzvah, and they all come from the same source. So even the most tiny mitzvah for Hashem is huge. It, it, there's no such thing for him as a small mitzvah. All of them are as important. So Horav Sim HaHakohen Sheps, of blessed memory, he cites in the Talmud, uh, that uh, the Talmud relates that in the future when this world will have achieved its destiny when Mashiach comes and we are in Olam Abba, when we're in the world to come Hashem will take hold of the Yetzer Hara and he will slaughter it in front of the Tzadikim and the Rashaim. The Tzadikim are the righteous people and the Rashaim are the wicked people and the, and the righteous and the Rashaim will start to, to cry. Both of them, when they see that they're slaughtering the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination, they both will start to cry. And uh, the, the, the Tzadikim will cry because they're going to wonder how they were able to overcome this Yetzer Hara, this evil inclination in this world, which looked like a huge mountain. They're going to cry out of joy. Like, I can't believe I was able to overcome this. I, I can't believe it. How, how could I do this? And then the wicked will also cry, but they will cry because they will see that for them to be able to become a tzaddik, it was only a hairbreadth. And they're going to realize how, how stupid of us, how could have we lost this opportunity to be able to become tzaddikim. It was such an easy thing to do. So for the righteous, the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination, appears as a mighty mountain, while for the wicked, it, does, it appears as a hairbreadth. And the allegory, the meaning of this allegory, is very relevant to us today also. And Rabbi Sheps explains that at first, the difference between the individual who becomes a tzaddik and the one who becomes a rasha is a hairbreadth. It's, the difference is in the attitude you take in life. That's it. If you go to the right or you go to the left, that will make the, the whole difference. And he talks about two students that are sitting in the same bench, in the same classroom of their yeshiva, and one becomes a luminary and the other one uh, becomes. He, he wastes his time. What's the difference between the two of them? They're both religious kids. They're both in the yeshiva. They're both learning in the same classroom. They both have the same lessons. What is the difference? What makes the difference that one of them will become a great rabbi or a great person and the other one will lose um, his potential? And the difference, Rabbi Shep says, that it's, a, it's which side they go, what attitude they have. One is learning, one wants to learn, one wants to grow. This is his desire. And the other one is just thinking who knows about what and he's losing his time. and. He doesn't desire to become someone great. So it's in the desire. So if we don't want it, then we're not going to get it. it it's in a, a, a handbreadth. 
how he in a hair breadth how he says so also he gives us um uh, another explanation of this another uh, parable and he compares two trains that are going, uh, that are parked in the same station and the railroad is going the same direction and they're both pointing to the same direction and they leave at the same time. But a few miles into the, into the, into the trip, one of the trains goes right because he's going to Los Angeles and the other one keeps going straight and he's going to New York. Three days later, one arrives to his destination and the other one arrives to his destination. So. What is the, what happened here? They were in the same tracks. The tracks were pointing to the same direction. How is it that they, they, um, <clears throat> they were able to, to, to come to 3,000 different, uh, 3,000 miles difference? So the difference is in which direction one of the trains took. So in life it's the same thing. If you are in school and you're learning or you're in a great home, or you're in a not such a great home, you know what? The difference is not the, the situation in which you are. The difference lies in your desire to be who you want to be. So if you desire to be successful in life and you desire that you want to learn and you desire that you want to be a great person, this is what you're going to achieve because this is what you want. But if you are just wasting your time and you have no interest in anything but just having fun then this is what is where you're gonna end up so the same way the wrong attitude concerning mitzvot which some of us neglect is only the the beginning for a person to start taking risk and end up on the other direction it, it just takes one like i see kids that come from religious homes and suddenly they become very lenient in something, like they, they don't take care of their, of their kashrut, and they start drinking things in places that don't have a kosher, a kosher hashkaha, they don't have, um, they don't have, uh, they're not careful with these things. And so one thing brings the next. And so if they're gonna be lenient in one thing, they're gonna end up being lenient in other bigger things. The same thing applies to a person that starts taking care of a mitzvah and suddenly he, he decides, you know what, I'm gonna start putting tefillin to every day and I'm gonna start doing this. And uh, he makes sure that every day he's putting on his tefillin, uh, except Shabbat. And then one day he realizes, you know what, I, 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 I desire to start eating kosher meat. I'm, I'm gonna start, stop eating non-kosher meat. And then suddenly he says, you know what, I desire that I'm not gonna start mixing milk and meat anymore and like little by little one desire takes him to the next so it can go either way it, it goes twofold so here it says that Rav Shep goes on to explain what happened to to be a, a what appears to be an unconventional scenario regarding the blessings and the curses upon, upon Mount Gerizim and Mount Eival and the Talmud Soha describes what took place in Parashat Kitzavo as Klal Israel is about to enter the land of Israel, six tribes stood on the mountain, while the six others stood on the opposite mountain. And the Kohanim, the elders of the Levim, together in the Aron HaKodesh, stood in the valley between the two mountains. And when um, the Levim, in the, the, and when the tribes 
were saying the, the blessings in Mount Gesirim, the Levim turned their faces towards Mount Gesirim and recited the blessings, and the tribe standing on the mountain called out, Amen. And then they turned their faces to towards Hart Eval, which was the other mountain where the other six tribes were standing, and they recited the curses uh, over there. And at that time, the, the, the other six tribes responded, Amen. So why was it necessary to turn their faces towards the mountain? They could have made the same declaration without making a whole to do about turning their faces. They didn't need to turn their faces. So the Torah is teaching us an important lesson here, that the difference between blessing and curse is the turn of the face. Everything is where you go, where your head is, where your mind is, what you're doing, your actions, your deeds, where your heels are taking you. This is what makes the difference. It's the hairbreadth, a turn of the face. A small insignificant gesture can determine the future of one's spirituality. And it can decide the difference between life of misery and a life of joy and blessing. So it's up to us. It's a, a, a hairbreadth. It's, it's nothing. If we come one day to Olam Abang, we'll be able to see the Yeter Hara in his true face, we will be crying because we will say, oh, we missed the boat, we missed the opportunity, how stupid of us. So I wish you a good week, and you should always look towards the blessings, and always look towards the goodness of Hashem, and you should always find the strength to want what is right in your life, and, um, and in that way you will be able to live a little higher. Thank you.